I deleted the Facebook app from my phone in November last year. It was a bit like breaking up with a machine. I was pulling at the newsfeed a lot. It was habitual, autonomic even. I would find my finger bouncing the top of the feed, my gaze in a trance. Even when I was in the middle of doing something else, cooking dinner, walking to my car, looking for something at the supermarket. This intriguing relationship between a human and a non-human computational procedure is now at the heart of everyday media use. Ted Streifus calls this algorithmic culture. We now live in societies where we delegate a range of judgments about our culture to machines. I don't think I deleted Facebook because I was addicted. It wasn't a moment of moral panic about my lack of self-control. I deleted it because it felt too immersive, too programmed, too affirmative. What happens in that moment when you open up your app or pull at the top of the newsfeed? Facebook engineers describe it like this. Newsfeed ranks each possible story from more to less important by looking at thousands of factors relative to each individual person. Facebook designed the algorithm to do this because there is now more content being made than there is time to absorb it. On average, there are 1,500 stories that could appear in a person's newsfeed each time they log on to Facebook. Rather than showing people all possible content, Newsfeed is designed to show each person on Facebook that content that's most relevant to them. Of the 1,500 plus stories a person might see whenever they log on to Facebook, Newsfeed displays about 300. The Newsfeed is driven by a content recommendation algorithm that learns how to satisfy each individual user to keep them engaged with Facebook more often and for longer periods of time. Designing the algorithm is complicated Computer scientists and engineers create machine learning processes that process the expanding array of data that Facebook collects about users. Psychologists, anthropologists and user experience researchers observe human users to understand how they use Facebook in real life. One of those anthropologists, Jane Justice LeBrock, describes an exercise she undertakes asking Facebook users to reverse engineer their news feeds. I gave each participant a stack of recent stories from their feed, printed out on paper, and asked them to pick out the ones that interested them and discard the rest. Next, I asked them to sort the remaining interesting stories by putting them into piles separated by what they liked about each. Justice LeBrook took her insights back to Facebook and engineers tested them against their machine learning models and incorporated aspects into the algorithm design. Designing the newsfeed is a process of harmonising the interplay between human and machine decision-making. The machine learns to predict what the human wants by observing them. I deleted Facebook shortly after Trump was elected because the newsfeed kept immersing me in a loop of outrage, anxiety and disbelief. On the one hand, the feed had learned my preferences correctly. I had been clicking on lots of Trump stories. But on the other hand, it didn't know how to make a judgement about what I was thinking. I didn't want to read any more stories that simply affirmed and recycled progressive outrage. There was no point to it. The newsfeed algorithm, though, could not break out of this loop. This relationship between human and algorithm is critical to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tinder, Netflix, Amazon, Google and so on. Reading news, watching television, shopping for clothes, looking for dates... We do the work of coding our lived experiences into the databases of media platforms 
That data feeds the algorithmic machines that then shape our experiences. There are two kinds of information we create, data and metadata. The data is all of the content you ever create on a platform, status updates, chat logs, photos. Metadata is data about data, a recording of your engagements with the media platform, what you view, like, share, comment on, which groups you join, what pages you search, which friends you stalk, what kinds of content you pause on as you scroll down your newsfeed, and so on. Facebook let you download a portion of the data they store about you. Let's go find it. Open a web browser. Go to Facebook. Along the blue bar at the top, go for the drop-down arrow at the far right and click on Settings. You'll see at the bottom of your General Account Settings, there's a link titled Download a Copy of Your Facebook Data. Click that and it will compile an archive for you and email you a link where you can download it. Facebook gives you a list of what's included in the archive. Your About Me section, the ads you've clicked on over a limited period, ad topics associated with your profile, history of your chats, photos you've uploaded, personal information that you've entered. So, you download your archive by hitting the Start My Archive button, and then you wait, sometimes for a while, for Facebook to send you the email with a link for you to download it as a zip file. Eventually, it arrives, and I open it. My first impression is that there's a lot of stuff missing. Take ads clicked on and ad preferences. Facebook will only give you the past two months or so of the ads you clicked on. And with ad preferences, they will only give you vague categories, like what they think your political view is. My archive records what preferences Facebook has assigned me, but not how those preferences were generated. It tells me what ads I clicked on, but not what data was used to target those ads at me. That said, we can still make some revealing observations. Go to the ads you clicked on and have a look. Like most users, I thought, uh, I don't really click on the ads. But when I look, there are a number of things there that I clicked on that I didn't realise at the time were actually ads. There's a BuzzFeed story, for example, about food safety. Turns out that was a promoted story. The Queensland government paid BuzzFeed to write and promote the story into the Facebook news feeds of Queenslanders. Nearly all the ads I clicked on aren't ads in the traditional sense. They are promoted stories in my newsfeed, like this BuzzFeed one. Some are actually quite oblique. A story about the best cafes in my area, turns out that was one of those cafes promoting the story as a promoted post into the newsfeeds of people who like their page. For the most part though, this archive of personal information that Facebook gives me is not very useful. This information is really only valuable to Facebook because they can put it to work within their platform ecosystem. Take the facial recognition data, for example. Go look for that in your archive. You'll see that Facebook has assigned your face a unique number, which is basically a biometric identifier for you. So they'll tell you the number, but what's the point? You don't have access to the software that can compute that number and use it to find your face on Facebook. To really be transparent about biometrics, Facebook would tell you not just the unique biometric number for your face, but perhaps how many times your face has been recognised or classified on Facebook. Or they would enable access to a tool that enables you to generate an archive of every image Facebook thinks you are in or has assigned to you, regardless of whether you tagged yourself in it or not. 
All the data in this archive, your preferences, interests, your age, your relationships, only become valuable when Facebook puts it into a database that enables them to make judgments about you in relation to the one billion other users of the platform. The value Facebook generates from your activity comes from them associating your data with the data of other users. It is the scale of the social networks that Facebook can analyse that enables them to generate value. One archive on its own has hardly any value. I have a box under my house full of stuff from when I was a teenager. Invitations to parties actually printed on paper. Notes and letters for and from friends and girlfriends. Love letters, breakup letters, playlists. Sets of photographs from parties and festivals and road trips. Concert tickets, street press, gig posters, beer coasters. I don't really know what to do with it. My Facebook archive contains about 10 years of personal information, and so does this box under my house. The difference between them, though, is that the box under my house is connected to nothing but my own living memory. In the culture of connectivity, Jose van Dijk suggests that social media platforms are socio-technical architecture. By socio-technical, she means that online sociality has increasingly become a co-production of humans and machines. The Facebook platform is a constantly evolving assembly of living human experience and the data processing power of computational machines. In this computational architecture, a personal archive acquires a value it never previously had. Data about each individual becomes the basis of orchestrating the relationships between humans and the media platform, shaping their experience in granular ways, often driven by the commercial imperatives of platforms and the advertisers that fund them. Thank you.